Just think of all the things that we have said we need to make better in this country before the next crisis hits, whatever that may be. Pandemic, who knows what. Uh, We've talked about, what, long-term care, vaccine production, manufacturing, border security. The list goes on and on and on. Well, here's another one. Food security. Is that something we need to be aware of? Uh, Dave Dinesen is the chief executive officer of Cubic Farms, an agricultural technology company specializing in automated commercial-scale indoor farming technology. Uh, David, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. Hey, good morning, Shay. Great to be here. First things first, how big of an issue was food security during this pandemic? I know we've, we've talked to people who said, you know what, our supply lines held up pretty well. We, we, we did okay. I remember there was some panic buying at the very beginning, but uh, as we went along, how was food security in Canada during this pandemic? Well, I, I think it depends on, on which part of uh, the, the food chain you're looking at. But I know that uh, this uh, winter, especially, um, uh, there were several sort of fresh products, uh, fresh vegetables and fruits that were that were much more challenging to get. Uh, and it was a combination of supply chains, uh, different recalls, um, and then, of course, climate change is, is affecting how things can be grown. So all of these things sort of factor in that mm. when we rely on food coming from far away, it exposes us to significant risk. And uh, I think the, the, the change is, is now the technology exists to begin to grow more and more of what yeah. we eat uh, right here. Because we are almost entirely dependent on imports for a lot of our food supply, right? Yes, absolutely, uh, especially during, you know, probably six to eight months a year, we're, yeah. we're importing uh, most of the fresh things that we're eating, yeah. Now, when we talk about that, I mean, look at our climate, right? I mean, we have a very short growing season in relative to a lot of other places around the world, so you're you're suggesting there is a way that we can we can change that, we can improve that, right? Yes, exactly. Um, the, the the technology now exists that, that, that we can grow at commercial scale indoors, close to where people live. And you can then do that, of course, 12 months a year, um, so that you're not having to ship food enormous distances. Uh, so then, of course, things are fresher, they taste better, they longer shelf life. Um, and, and, of course, they don't have to cross a border. And, mm-hmm. and so weather and political issues or, or, or other things can't get in the way of, of, of you getting your food. And most people want to eat food every day, so it's nice to know that it's uh, it's it's nearby. Explain to me how that would work. What would that look like? I mean, we, you would be talking about some massive, massive infrastructure, wouldn't you, in order to have, essentially, are these massive greenhouses you're talking about? Um, so it, it's not too dissimilar to how greenhouses changed, you know, a slice of, of the world's produce space. So j- just using that as an example, um, you know, developed in in the Netherlands, greenhouses you know have now become ubiquitous around the world, and many of our peppers, cucumbers, and tomatoes are indeed grown indoors, uh, much closer to where people live. Um, this technology is, is is again going to be able to localize the growing of uh, of a large number of I would call high volume, uh, short shelf life, but very very popular and nutritious foods. So. For example, all of our salad products, um, leafy greens, other vegetables like that, uh, herbs, microgreens, and, and, and things like that. And uh, they're, they're done indoors. Uh, we, we've developed large-scale automated systems that, that can work uh, indoors, uh, really in any climate. And you can grow an awful lot uh, in a relatively small amount of space, especially when you compare it to 
uh, field farm grown uh, salad products, uh, you know, in California, mm-hmm. Arizona, that then have to travel thousands of, of, of miles before any of us here in Canada eat them. Well, that's the thing, right? We are so reliant on the import. It, it, are you envisioning sort of we can have, I don't know, every province has one of these hubs sort of things, is, and that we cut down even further? I mean, we're not transporting it from, say, the West Coast to the East Coast kind of a thing? Yes, exactly. And, and, and I would suggest that, uh, that Alberta is actually a, a shining example. Um, we have a, a large cubic farm installation in Edmonton and recently a large, actually solar-powered cubic farm installation in Calgary. Uh, a company called Hydrogreens uh, has purchased 24 of our uh, cubic farm growing modules. Uh, and that facility is going to be able to produce millions and millions of heads of lettuce and other leafy greens and salad products. Um, close by in a solar-powered facility and do it 12 months a year. Uh, I, I think it's something that uh, that the province can be very proud of. It sounds to me like a pretty exciting business opportunity. I'm no businessman, but it seems like this would be the kind of thing that um, would be really, really beneficial for our country. Why are we not seeing more of this? Is there a barrier in some way to this not happening more and more? Uh, I, I think the main barrier is, is that the technology is relatively new, but it is now gaining significant traction. So I think you're going, it, it's, it's only, I think, now a matter of time. Because I think if you ask people, they would rather uh, eat something that was grown locally, that reduces greenhouse gases because it's not having to be, you know, trucked mm-hmm. for thousands of miles. They'd rather eat things that don't have pesticides, that, that save, uh, you know, massive amounts of fresh uh, water, um, and that are clean and locally grown. Um, and if the price is similar, um, then why wouldn't you want that? And the good news is, is that the technology and all of that has come together where you can grow a, a uh, great local product locally and have it priced um, uh, similar to what comes out of the ground uh, in, in California on a, on a price per meal basis. So much produce is lost in shipping. It's estimated about 40% of produce end, ends up in the landfill. Uh, just because of, you know, from the farm to the fork, that time and that distance causes so much waste. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure at your house, like everyone else's, you know, half the produce you buy ends up ends up being thrown away. If it was locally grown, you're already cutting a week off that right. uh, life of that product. And if you're able to grow it in such a way that, um, you know, for example, harvesting it live with the root on, it will last for, for weeks uh, at, at, at home. So, it's not only healthier and lasts longer and better for you and better tasting, you can also do it at a very competitive price now. So I think all of these things are coming together so that you are going to begin to see it more and more. Um, government's taking notice of this? Are you getting the kind of government support that, I mean, it seems like something that makes a lot of sense politically as well. Are, are governments jumping on board or are they making it more difficult? Um uh, in some provinces, they're, they're making it a little more difficult. Uh, our, our home province is British Columbia, and I would argue that, uh, that, that it, it's not quite as easy here uh, as it should be. I'm hoping that there's some change soon that, uh, that, that helps that. Um, but I would say that the government hasn't been you know, pro or, or, or against it. Um, but I would hope, uh, just like governments got behind solar and alternative energy, I think that same kind of incentive would help this industry explode, and it mm. would benefit, obviously, cubic farm customers buying that infrastructure and, or, or anyone else you know, developing um, indoor ag tech um, to be able to deploy that uh, across the country. 
And certainly when you think of some of the, the more remote communities um, where, you know, an apple is $5 or a, a bottle of orange juice is $25, you know, just ridiculous yeah, yeah. prices uh, for healthy food. This really helps to bring those prices down when things can be literally grown, you know, nearby. Yeah, right in the backyard. Very, very interesting discussion. Thanks so much, Dave. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you very much. That is Dave Dinison, who is CEO of Cubic Farms, an indoor agriculture firm.